0: Welcome to the FaithBridge Sermon podcast. Be sure to keep watching immediately after the sermon for Postscript, a weekly podcast with in-depth content and answers to your questions submitted during the sermon. You can also find it on iTunes or at faithbridge.org/postscript.
1: His love illuminates. He's the one I trust and I will follow.
0: Darkness, follow his
1: lead and light it up, light it up. Jesus will guide us through every dark time. Follow his lead and light it up, light of the world. Light of the world. Light of the world. Yeah, I into that. Well hey, as you can tell from the video, it was an amazing week of VBS, both here at the Klein campus and at our Woodlands campus. Uh, between both of our campuses, we welcomed 1,113 kids. Oh, wow. Is that not amazing? Yeah. 1,000) 113 kids were here all week learning that Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, And I can tell you firsthand, it was an amazing week because I had the opportunity to lead a group of first graders, uh, little guys, they were actually in that video, Uh, and we had a blast. But one of the things that you must know is if you pull up next to me at a red light in the next month, two months, probably a year from now, you are going to see me singing and dancing to those VBS songs. Uh, I'll be like, Jesus is the one who lights our way. Oh, Oh, hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. Yeah, those songs are catchy. And I want to tell you, parents, if you're in the room and your kid went to VBS this week, go get a CD of those songs. Uh, I think there's $7 at our resource center here at the Klein campus, at the Woodlands campus, they're at the Connection Center. Uh, and not only are they catchy, but they are filled with truth about who Jesus is. And, and they run through your head. I mean, I wake up in the night uh, singing the songs. And so I'd encourage you, go get a CD for your kids. That'd be a great thing to have running through their minds. But the fair warning is it will be in your head too. So that's, that's just for free this morning. Hey, if you have a Bible, why don't you open it up to Proverbs 17. That's right in the middle of your Bible. And then also turn to 1 John 4, which is at the back of your Bible. The ushers are coming forward right now. Uh, If you need a Bible to borrow this morning, go ahead and raise your hand. If you don't own a Bible, uh, raise your hand. You can have one of those for free to keep this morning. So why don't y'all turn there. Uh, As we're turning, I just wanna say welcome to all of you here at Center Court West at the Klein Campus and to the Woodlands Campus. Uh, And online, I'm thankful for all of you here worshiping this morning. Uh, It's a special day today. It's Father's Day. Uh, So just want to say happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. We're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, With that, let's look at Proverbs 17. Uh, We're going to read verse 6. This is what the scripture says it says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. And the glory of children is their father's. Let's pray. Well, Father God, I thank you for who you are. Uh, The song that we just sang, uh, it's true. God, you are a good, good father to us. Lord, you're perfect in all of your ways. And you love us perfectly. And so God, I'm thankful for that truth. Uh, God, this morning as we engage and gather around your word, God, I pray uh, that it would be an impactful day. God, that your Holy Spirit would come and speak through me. God, that your Holy Spirit would come and offer hope and healing where it's needed, encouragement to the fathers in this room, that they might continue to love their families and lead their families well. And Jesus, I just ask all of this in your precious name. Amen. The glory of children is their fathers. I wonder what emotions, what thoughts come to your mind when you hear that verse. The glory of children is their fathers. My guess is in a room this size that the thoughts that come to mind would be vast. For some of you, when you hear the glory of children is their fathers, you nod in agreement, especially on Father's Day, a day where you get the opportunity to celebrate your father. Because when you think of your father, you think of a man who was there for you, a man who invested in your life, who poured into your life, who literally invested so much and shaped your life so much that who you are today is because of the investment that your father made in your life. And so when you hear the glory of children is their fathers, you nod in agreement. And even now, warm memories come bubbling to the surface of your mind as you think about your father. However, I know that for some of you, when you hear that verse, your reaction is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Father's Day isn't a day where you celebrate. It's a reminder. It's a painful reminder of the man that you never knew. It's a reminder of the man that abused you or possibly the man that walked out and left your family. And in fact, maybe what you think is that that verse should read the pain of children is their fathers. Others of you in the room, you're just kind of right in the middle. When you hear that verse, you think, well, my dad, he was a good guy. Did the best he could, wasn't the worst father, probably wasn't the best, but he did the best that he could to love me and care for me. And so you just kind of sit somewhere in the middle. But I think there's one thing, no matter where you are on this spectrum, we can all agree on one thing and it's this, that fathers have a tremendous ability to impact the lives of their children that fathers have a tremendous ability to impact the lives of their children in a unique and powerful way. It's evidenced by the thoughts and emotions that are in this room right now. Like I said, it's no secret for some of you, this is not a good day. Father's Day is a painful reminder. And so this morning, I wanna spend some of our time talking to you, offering you hope and healing. But before we do that, I wanna speak to the fathers in this room. And I want to encourage you, I want to share with you the single most important thing that my father did for me. As I reflect on this Father's Day and think about my dad, who was a God-fearing man, I want to share with you the single most important thing that he did for me growing up. Growing up, as I think back, I can remember a couple of conversations with such clarity, And there's a handful of those conversations that I shared with my father, and one of them was about nine months ago on the day of my wedding. The best I can tell, a male's job on the day of his wedding is to wait anxiously. While a bride is doing her hair, doing the makeup, having a brunch with her bridesmaids, the guys are left sequestered in a small room to wait. Luckily, my room had a TV, and so I watched the Cowboys play a football game without Tony Romo. And you can imagine how helpful that was in passing the time. Not very. And so at some point on the day of my wedding, I was sitting upstairs in this room, and I just got cabin fever, and I said, I've got to walk out of here. And so I walked down the stairs, and I went to this little courtyard area, and there was my father. And it appeared he was doing basically the same thing. And so he and I began to have this conversation, and it was the last conversation that we shared Uh, with me as a single man and the way that conversation ended was with a question he said what did daddy tell you never ever to forget and without thinking i said daddy loves me all the time the reason i didn't have to think when he asked me that question is because for 26 years of my life my dad would ask me that question almost every single day What did daddy tell you never ever to forget? And the correct answer was always, daddy loves me all the time. My dad telling me that he loved me and allowing me never ever to forget it was the single most important thing that he ever did for me. It was the single most important thing that he ever did for me. Why? Why was that so important for me in my life? because by telling me he loved me, my dad showed me the love of God. By telling me he loved me, he showed me the love of God. If you have First John chapter four marked, why don't you take a look? We'll start reading in verse seven. This is what the scriptures say. It says, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Skip down to verse 12. It says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. As a kid growing up, I knew that verse 12 in 1 John chapter four was true. It says that no one has ever seen God. And as a kid, I had never seen God with my own two eyes. However, I could see my father. And as the verse says, because of the love of God that was made complete in my father, by him loving me, I was able to see the unconditional love of God. By seeing my father, I was able to see the love of God and experience God. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Sully, you experienced all of that just from your dad telling you that he loved you? That that's it? That's all it takes? And the answer is yes, sort of. Because my dad would ask me that question and I would give him that answer, Over and over again, after he would exercise another passage of scripture about love. And it's found in 1 Corinthians. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And I can tell you growing up, there were several times that my dad would need to use that verse, that love is patient. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Uh, Love is not easily angered. He needed that verse. I can remember one night in particular when he had to apply that to the utmost. Uh, I had just graduated from high school Uh, My parents, as a graduation gift, had given me a truck. Uh, And so before I headed off to Texas A&M, I had one last summer in Abilene, Texas. Uh, If you've ever been there, you know there's not much to do in Abilene. We've got some great food, but not a lot of entertainment. Uh, And and so that summer I was hanging out at a friend's house, a group of guys, and we were bored. Uh, And as they say, there's nothing more dangerous than a group of bored males. And we proved it that night. Uh, we went to a local park uh, in my truck, loaded down with a cooler full of water balloons. Uh, we were driving around through the park, hoping to find a couple maybe walking hand-in-hand, hand, someone on a jog that might be in need of a refreshing splash of water coming via a water balloon. Sounded like a good idea, good fun time. Well, we were in the park driving around that night, and we looked up, and there were some people playing tennis, on some courts nearby. Now, I was a tennis player in high school and had played many matches on that very set of courts. And so I knew there was an alley right behind those tennis courts that would be a great spot to pull up and nail these guys right in the middle of their serve, you know? Uh, And so we pull up in this alley. I cut the lights in my truck. We're driving real slow. And on the count of three, my friends hop out of the car, smoke these guys, dive back in, and I hit the gas and we take off As we take off, I just wanted to turn to see if they were chasing us or if we had got them, so I turned to look back, and as I did, just turned my wheel ever so slightly to the left. And when I looked up, there in front of me was a telephone pole, and I ran right into it. A lot of damage to that truck, so much so that I could not drive it in that moment. And so I got to make the humbling phone call to my parents to invite them to the scene of the accident. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Well, when my parents arrived, they had come together in my mom's vehicle that conveniently had enough room for all of my friends, but not enough room for my dad or I. So as my mom drove my friends home that evening to their houses, my dad and I sat for about an hour in that alley watching my tow, uh, the tow truck load up my truck and take it away. And we sat in silence, literally, for about an hour. And the whole time, as I was sitting there in silence, I was just thinking the worst thoughts. So much guilt, uh, so much shame, uh, so much, I'm a failure. I've let my parents down. And I'll never forget, my dad broke the silence when he said, What did Daddy tell you never, ever to forget? With tears in my eyes, I said, Daddy loves me all the time. It was a powerful moment. And honestly, it was almost as powerful as the punishment I received for my stupidity afterward. (laughs) But fathers, hear me say it. If you want to make a lasting impact on the lives of your kids, tell them you love them and tell them as often as you can. Tell them not just when they're cute, not just when they serve you, not just when they make you proud. Tell them when it requires patience. Tell them you love them when they think they least deserve it. By doing so, you'll show them the love of God. You'll show them a love that's unconditional, a love that never fails, a love that they desperately need to know desperately need to experience for themselves. It's the single most important thing that my dad ever did for me. By telling me he loved me and allowing me never to forget it, he showed me the love of God. I'm so grateful for that. It's the single most important thing that he ever did for me. And if you're in this room this morning and and you're hearing me tell these stories and you're thinking of your dad who did that for you, I wanna encourage you on a day like today that's Father's Day, do not let the day pass without thanking him for that. Call him, talk to him over lunch, write him a note and just thank him. Thank him for the father that he was for you. If you're here and your dad's no longer with us, if he's gone home to be with the Lord already, I'd invite you just to pray and thank God. Thank God for the father that you had. It's a rare gift to have dads that are like that. And so it's a blessing that we should be thankful for. And so don't miss today this opportunity to be thankful for your fathers. As I mentioned earlier, I know in a room this size that there are people in here who your story and the reality of what you grew up with is nothing like what I just told. You didn't have the love of a father like that. And I know right now you might be thinking, Sully, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea the pain that I've experienced, the things that I've seen. And the honest truth is I don't. I don't have that experience, but I have somewhat of an idea of what that looks like. I have a very close friend. I interact with him on a daily basis. The last time he heard from his father was when he was 18 years old. 24 years ago, and that was via a letter. The last time he saw his father was when he was seven years old. And that was as his father was walking out on his family. He saw the back of his head, checking out and leaving. And I know that right now in this room, there are stories like that. And my fear is that you're carrying the weight, you're bearing the scars that your father left on your life. And so for the next few moments, I just want to offer you hope. I want to offer you healing this morning. I want to tell you two things that you need to know. The first is that you are loved. You're loved more than you could ever imagine. And the reason I can say that confidently is because of the passage of scripture we just read. In First John chapter 4, I skipped a couple of verses verses nine and 10, and I did that intentionally because I wanted to read them right now. And this is what it says. It says that this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Friends, the cross of Christ is God's way of asking you the question, what did daddy tell you never ever to forget? And the answer to that question is always, daddy loves me all the time. God loves you and he went to great lengths sending his one and only son so that you would know the depth and the height and the width of his love. If you had an earthly father, that did not show you what it looked like to be loved. Please do not project the image of your earthly father on to God, your heavenly father. At best, our earthly fathers are meant to be a shadow that points us towards the image of God. But the reality is sometimes shadows are misleading. They don't always project the image that's in front of them. You can see that in this picture. Sometimes shadows are deceiving and they don't accurately reflect what they're projecting. And I can tell you that's true because that was true of my father. As good as he was, as loving as he was, he didn't always accurately reflect Jesus to me. And so please don't reflect the image of your father on to your heavenly father. Instead, look to the cross. The cross is the image we need to focus on because the cross is evidence that God is faithful. The cross is evidence that God will never abandon you. And the cross is evidence that God loves you. He loves you. That's the first thing you need to know this morning. The second thing I would tell you is this. The beauty of the gospel is that your past does not define you or your future. Let me say that again. The beauty of the gospel is that your past does not define you or your future. If you look back at verse nine that we just read, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. The beauty of the gospel is that when Jesus came to die on the cross, he redeemed the brokenness in this world and offered us a new life a chance to live through him. All throughout the scriptures, that's what we see, that Jesus came to bring hope, to bring new life. We see that over and over again. And it's stated most clearly in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. And friends, that's the offer on the table this morning. The gospel tells us that the old can be gone and the new can be here. And the reason I can stand up here and confidently say that is because I have seen the power of Jesus to transform lives. I've seen the power of the gospel to transform lives, to take a difficult past and turn it into a beautiful future. And I've seen that firsthand in the friend that I mentioned just a minute ago. The friend that I mentioned is our executive pastor, Dylan Lucas. Dylan grew up with a father who did absolutely nothing to point him towards the love of God. In fact, he did just the opposite. But Dylan has been transformed by the gospel in such a powerful way, if you met him today, you would have no idea what his past was. The gospel has radically transformed his life, so much so that Dylan isn't just our executive pastor. He's also the coach of a baseball team called The Revolution. The Revolution is a baseball team that's made up of about half the kids are from difficult family lives, low-income families, uh, families where the kids don't have a father, fatherless homes. And Dylan is engaging with these kids. He's seeking out these kids, inviting them to come be on his team, to play baseball with the hopes of teaching them the gospel, showing them the love of God so that they might know what transformed his life. That's why he does it. If you're here today and you're carrying the weight, you're carrying the burdens that have been left behind by your father, I wanna encourage you today to take a step towards hope and healing today. You may be asking yourself, How do I get to where Dylan is? Right now, I feel like I'm just full of wounds, full of scars. How do I get to where Dylan is, where there's freedom, where his life has been transformed? I'll give you a practical step that you can take today. Right now, on both campuses, in our prayer room, we've staffed it with people who want to pray with you, people who want to have a conversation with you. That's right here on the Klein campus and at the Woodlands campus. If you're on the Klein campus, as you head out the doors to my right, your left, on the right side is a prayer center, prayer room. At the Woodlands campus, if you head behind the curtain to the left towards the gym, you can find the prayer room on the right. And today we have staffed that with people who want to talk to you, who want to pray with you, people who have walked where you have walked who have had scars and who have had wounds, but have found restoration in the gospel. And so I wanna encourage you not to leave today without having a conversation. If you're here and you're saying, well, you know, I I just don't know if I could talk to somebody today. I wanna encourage you, fill out your Connect card. In your bulletin is a Connect card and under the ministry section, you can mark pastoral care and we'll have somebody call you this week. We wanna begin to offer you a road to healing, a road to the gospel, to be transformed and have a new life. That's the offer in Christ, a new life, a new future, a new hope. In addition, if you're in this room this morning and as I've been talking, you're a father and you're thinking, man, I might've been a part of the wounding or maybe I'm not loving my kids the way that I would want to. If that's you right now, I wanna tell you the same thing. The beauty of the gospel is that your past does not define who you are or your future. And so you can take a step today. It's never too late to begin pointing your kids towards the love of God. And so I wanna encourage you to head out to the prayer room or mark pastoral care. We wanna pray for you. We wanna battle with you and be a resource to you. Don't go at this alone. Wherever you are today, I want everyone in here to know that God loves you. And the beauty of the gospel is that it can take difficult paths and turn it into beautiful futures. As we close this morning, I wanna make an appeal to just a couple of groups in the room. First, I wanna appeal to fathers. If you're a father in this room, I wanna say to you again, you will make an impact, a profound impact on the lives of your kids. Whether you choose to engage and point them towards the love of God or whether you choose to disengage and check out, you will make an impact on the lives of your kids. And so I wanna encourage you, point them towards the love of God. Show them the love of God in the way that you love them. It'll be a lasting impact that they'll never forget. Second, if you're in this room and you're a believer in Christ, if your heart has been transformed by the gospel, I wanna remind you that our call as believers is to engage with the kids that Jesus has put in front of us. In the New Testament, Jesus says, "'Let the children come to me,' and we should go and do likewise." And that includes not just the kids that are in your house, that includes the kids that are around you, your neighbors, And particularly, I wanna invite you to engage with the kids that are right here, right here today. We need to be a people who's pointing them to the love of God, because the reality is the world is doing the opposite. You can hop online today and you can see any of a number of statistics. There is a generation of kids right now who are growing up without fathers without fathers, to lead them and show them the love of God. And the results of growing up that way are devastating. A few years ago, I read a book by Donald Miller. It's called Father Fiction. Donald Miller is the author of Blue Like Jazz. And Donald Miller grew up without a father. And so in his book, Father Fiction, he just paints an honest picture of what the consequences are to growing up without a father. And this is what he says. He says, I've begun the process, or excuse me, I've begun to process the consequences of growing up without a father. I've realized the incredible hole in my heart this absence has left. I wish I had a father that I could have a friendship with, that would call me once every couple of weeks and tell me I was doing a good job. I hunger for this. He goes on to say, I feel pain. And then I come to the difficult truth that the pain is there because I wanted to be loved and I wasn't. I wanted to be important to my father and I wasn't. I wish I could stand up here today and say those words would never be spoken here at Faith Bridge or really right outside in our community, but I can't. In fact, we just had VBS here this week where similar words were spoken We have kids here every single Sunday that have no one in their home that's pointing them to the love of God. And so as believers, when we see brokenness, our call is to move towards the brokenness. And I'm going to ask you today to take a step towards that brokenness. We've made it really easy for you today. We've put an insert in the bulletin. It's to sign up to serve in kids' ministry to serve these kids and point them towards the love of God. If you're thinking, well, I don't know if on a Sunday morning, serving the kids is is really for me. Are there any other opportunities? There are. We work with Bridging for Tomorrow, who's in Title I schools, they have a mentor program, can meet with the kid on a weekly basis. There's information about that on our website. There's information about orphan care and adoption. There are a lot of ways to engage the brokenness that we see. And our call as believers is to take a step. So I want to invite you to do that today. Finally, I want to invite you to pray, to pray for our kids. Statistics would show us and research would show us that the most formative years of our lives are when we're children. And so might we be a body of believers who prays, who asks the Lord, God, would you show them your love from an early age? Might the truths that they learned this week at VBS stick for the rest of their lives? Might we be a group of believers who does that? And why don't we do that right now? I wanna invite you to pray with me this morning to close. So if you'll bow your heads. And what I wanna do is pray over four groups this morning. And so what I'm gonna do is tell you who the group is and invite you to pray and then I'll pray and we'll move on to the next group. But I want us to spend our closing times laboring, asking the Lord to move. So let's do that now. Like I said, the first group that I would invite you to pray for are our kids. Right now, they're over in Center Court East celebrating the sixth day of VBS. And I just would ask you to pray and ask that God would allow the truths that they've learned to sink in deep. Maybe from an early age that he would rescue their hearts, show them the power of the gospel early on, that he'd be their hope, their direction, their love. Why don't you spend a few minutes doing that now? Father God, I ask that you would move. God, would you hear the prayers of your people right now, crying out and asking you to move in the lives of the kids that you bring every single week here to Faith Bridge. God, we are blessed to have the kids here and we wanna show them your love. God, help us to do that. Help them to feel that love, to receive that love. The next group I wanna pray for Uh, is really twofold. First, I want to pray for those who are already serving in kids' ministry, that we might thank God for them, that they're such a blessing, week in and week out over there serving our kids. And then the second part of that is I want us to pray for people to respond, that today that someone might be feeling a tug on their heart and that they would respond to go and sign up to serve in kids' ministry, to fill out that card and drop it in the basket in just a second. So let's pray for that now for our servers. God, I pray for boldness in this room. God, that where you might be tugging us, that we would follow. God, for some, the thought of serving kids is a little bit intimidating, and Lord, I pray that you would cast that fear out. God, that they might overcome that fear, that perfect love casts out fear, and so God, would you do that now and encourage their heart to sign up and serve. God, for those who are already serving, I just wanna say thank you Thank you for their hearts, their hearts that have been transformed by your gospel, that they see brokenness and engage in it. God, might we be people who do that. Third, I want to pray for those who are hurting this morning. Again, I know there's a reality that there are people in this room who are dealing with a past that was painful. And so I just want to ask you to, to begin praying for those people this morning that they might receive healing, that the gospel might land on them in the same way that it transformed Dylan's life, and that they might take a step today uh, by going to the prayer room. So will you pray with me about that right now? Well, God, you are our healer. And so Lord, I ask you to do that now, to come in and heal hearts, mend wounds like only you can. God, that you would remind us that you offer us new life in Jesus. God, I pray for courage. For anyone who needs to take a step towards the prayer room today, might you give them the boldness to do it. God, I know that can be intimidating, and so God, I ask that they would that their hearts would be healed even today. Finally, I want to invite you to pray for our fathers. It's Father's Day, and so I want us to pray and just ask that the Lord would give fathers wisdom, strength to lead families well, to love their kids well. And then in the midst of that, if you have a father that you're thankful for, why don't you just pray and ask God a blessing on their life or just a prayer of thanksgiving for the dad that they've been. Do that now. Well, God, I thank you for the father that you placed in my life and the fathers that are in this room right now. God, might they rise up and love their kids well. Would you give them the strength and the wisdom that they need to lead their families, to point their families towards the love of God? God, I know that being a parent is is probably a daunting task. And so God, I pray that you would just give courage, give them hope, help them engage with their kids well, give them the wisdom to do it. God, we pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Welcome to Postscript. Here we hope to answer your questions and help you dig deeper into the messages and sermons at Faith Bridge by talking with the Teacher of the Day. Welcome to Postscript. I'm Ann Riley, Grow Group and Discipleship Director, and I am here with Michael Sully Sullivan, who just brought our Father's Day message. Welcome, Sully. Thanks. All right, what a great message. Um, I loved that you talked about all the variety of emotions mm-hmm. and responses that a day like Father's Day can bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about how... Uh, you can celebrate your father um, just with your personal stories and things of your father But then also on the other side of the spectrum um, For people that this day might be painful or bring other emotions um, One of the things you talked about was for people who are desiring to be free of that and to be healed of Maybe wounds from their childhood or ongoing situations that they're struggling with that one of the first steps um uh, was to come and have prayer today Mm -hmm. in the prayer center, through our pastoral team, Mm -hmm. um, but to really seek prayer first. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say are the next steps beyond prayer?
1: Sure. Well, I'll talk about prayer for a second because I do think that is a very important first step that I didn't want us to miss this morning. Uh, That's why I asked our congregation to pray. I pray healing for Uh, the individuals who are experiencing that and wanted to invite people to the prayer center to have a chance to pray with someone because I do think that's a very important first step. Uh, But if you are going to move towards the next step, I think the next step is to have a conversation. Um, I think a lot of times when we have pain in our lives, uh, if there's sin in our lives, our response to that is to push it down, Mm -hmm. to not tell anyone because no one has ever experienced what I have. I don't want them to know. I'm afraid they'll think of me differently or think of me as lesser. And the reality is that's not true. That's a a really good tactic of the devil to really make us think we're the only ones who could possibly ever struggle with this. But I was out at the atrium today and so many people coming up saying, that's my story. Uh, I've had these struggles. And so, Uh, I think that's why bringing it to the light through a conversation. I think the best way to do that would be uh, through pastoral care um, or a counselor, um, because a lot of times these things have sat um, undealt with for many years. And so you need to begin to uproot those things in in a safe place, a place where you can be asked hard questions and really have a chance to process those things. I think that's the second step is really a conversation with someone who has walked through that before, a counselor, a pastor, someone like that. And then the third thing that, that kind of builds off the second is t- to get in community. Mm-hmm. Um, these things don't seem to go away easily. And the reason isn't that there can't be total freedom from them. It's that they tend to be in a lot of areas of our lives. Uh, and I kind of, in my mind, I'm thinking of that game. It was an arcade game where the little uh, beaver would come out and you'd whack it, a whack-a-mole or whatever, whack-a-mole. and it keeps and coming it comes out of... it back up somewhere uh, else. Yeah, it comes somewhere else. And that's really what happens with this, is you think, you know, oh, my father issues are just in the way that I'm going to parent. I'm going to go and be the best father because I didn't have a good dad, or I'm not going to be a father at all because I don't want that experience to happen to anyone else. And so we start to deal with it in that, and then we realize, wait, this father wound takes place at my work environment, that I'm not as confident because I didn't have a father who encouraged me, who told me that he was proud of me or that I was good at something. And so it begins to come up over here or in a relationship with a spouse that they might leave you. or It comes up in a lot of areas. So I think being in community, being with a group of people who know your story, who know the things that you've dealt with so that they can continue to say, no, that's not true. And here's why. And point you back to the gospel. So I think those are three Steps, prayer, a conversation with a professional, and then moving into community from there.
0: That's good. Okay, so um, let's talk about fathers who were listening today Mm -hmm. and been thinking, I really didn't get this right, um, or I'm really struggling with following any of these maybe I'm a new believer, um, or I've got my own issues. And so I'm feeling like I've really messed this up mm-hmm. or I'm messing this up. Um, what would you say for fathers who are wanting to move forward?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when I think about that, I really think there's two groups. There's probably a father who, um, the kids are present still with him. Uh, maybe they're a young child or a teenager or someone where they're still involved in the life of the child or, uh, the second group is probably those who, uh, maybe through uh, a divorce or, or something, some reason the kid is no longer with you. Maybe they're grown. Uh, and so let me speak to each of those individually. The first group, those who the kids are still with you. Like I said today, the beauty of the gospel is that your past does not define you or your future. And I think both of those are distinct. The reason I said both is I think a lot of times we grab an identity of I'm a bad father and I'm always going to be a bad father and that's who I am. No, that's not. That's not what the gospel says. It says that we can be made new. And so that's who you are is set free. You're loved. You're worthy. And who you are going to be is uh, transformed in the image of Christ. That's what we're moving towards. There's a hope. There's a future. So I think as a father, it's not too late. Um, now I'm not a father, uh, so I can't speak necessarily to all the practical things, but I can think back to my childhood and think of a few things. Uh, first I would encourage fathers, don't go at this alone. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's a, especially as men, we like to muscle up and we can do this and will ourselves, but don't do that here at FaithBridge, So many resources. I've been with our kids ministry all week at VBS. It's incredible. The people that are here serving, that love these kids, who want them to know Jesus, the resources that are available on their teaching team, who's putting the gospel in a form that they can understand it, don't go at it alone with you being the only one teaching them. Engage here and then pull from the resources that are here. I was thinking uh, back to when I was a kid, my dad used to read Bible stories with me. And he wasn't a Bible scholar. He just pulled out the Bible and we would read a story together And then we would maybe talk about it for a few minutes. And the Jesus Storybook Bible that we have at our resource center is incredible. It puts the stories of the Bible in this context where you can read it with them. And I think that's a good practical step. When I look back as I was thinking about this sermon a lot, I thought, what was outside of my dad telling me that he loved me? What was a big thing? My brother and I actually discussed this, and we said time. My dad did such a good job of spending time with us and when I was preparing, I read a stat that said, I think roughly 25 to 40 percent of fathers spend less than an hour a day with their kids—about 40 minutes. Uh, the number that spend two hours uh, is like less than 75 percent. I mean, it, nobody. I mean, and so just devoting time. I mean, I can remember coming home and and my dad was in his suit and we'd play basketball, um, or do homework together. Just engaging, being in your kids' lives, being. My dad rarely missed a sporting event, you know, just was present. Uh, And I think time is a big one. Uh, And then pointing them, when there are opportunities towards the gospel uh, with study, I I would just begin to do those things. Engage. Don't let the fear of, I don't know how to do this, hold you back. Your kids want to be with you. Uh, And so that's what I would say, again, from a kid's perspective. I'm always
0: amazed at how quickly my children, as small children, forgive Mm. quickly. Yeah. They are just wanting time Mm -hmm. and attention. And so I think if you have small children, starting today, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, um, you can build a whole different future.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So if you are in that second camp, though, where you're saying, hey, whether maybe your kids are teenagers and they don't listen to you anymore, um, or uh, they are grown and gone, and, and you may be thinking, I blew this and there's no chance, I think Dan preached a sermon on Mother's Day that was particularly relevant for that group. Uh, he talked about this ring road that I just thought was really revolutionary. And I can't think of in the moment right now all of the rings, but I remember there were three or four rings, and I know for sure on the outer edge, he talked about you need to first, if you want to engage in a relationship, restore relationship that's got pain or damage, the first step is to be a place where there's no harm, uh, not a desire to do harm. And You know, a lot of times if if you have been a wounding father, you need to be at that place first where I have no intent of physical, emotional harm, yes. Um, And so you may need to deal with that first and the counseling, pastoral care that we've talked about previously, Uh, but you need to be at a place where you are healthy first. I think that would be a good, so no harm. And then you begin to move towards reconciliation. And the difficult thing about reconciliation is it doesn't always mean relationship. Uh, just because you begin to pursue reconciliation and say, hey, I want to do this differently. Uh, These are the things God is doing in my life, and I I want to be a father to you. You can begin to show those things, but your kids may have been hurt um, and need time to heal themselves. And so you begin to pursue reconciliation to show a heart that's been transformed by the gospel, to love unconditionally, even when they don't love you back. And then... If the opportunity presents itself you move towards a relationship uh, and again all of that takes time a, a lot of that takes healing um, and so I think that's that's where you head um, th- that would be maybe the steps for those who currently their uh, kids are, are gone or, or not at a place where they're hearing from them so
0: that's good that's good and so many different responses to both Mother's Day and and Father's Day, um, that there is a lot of um, things that come with those relationships. But Mm -hmm. I love how you just pointed us back to God is our perfect parent Mm -hmm. um, and the way that he loves us. And so what Jesus did on the cross is offer us the healing Mm -hmm. um, in all of these situations. So thank you for such a great message. All right. And thank you for being here with us at PostScript. We'll see you back here next week.